Hi, this is Joan L. Washington, and welcome to Songwater. Today, I would like to share with you a story that I wrote a while back called The Sapphire Box. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's one of my original and early stories. It's um, an adventurous story that I, I hope that you will enjoy while I try to bring it to life in this podcast. Please enjoy with me The Sapphire Box. Three sons of a bi king who were loyal to their father, true to their tribe, and glorified their native homeland of Africa. Each morning before a sable sky, Antonini, Obutu, and Shinobi danced and sang gloriously to welcome the new birth of a new dawn. Heaped in many bangles of fine gold that, and the purest of silver that clung to their limbs, around the warriors' necks swung thickly knotted strands of rare red African pearls called wafuzi, which the Baagi believed possessed the spiritual healing and transformational powers to cleanse, protect, and soothe ailing spirits. Their rhythmic jumps and twists fused with the rich harmonic perfection in their voices rose high over the boom, boom, thunder of the talking drums to soar effortlessly into a sacred abyss of their ancestors. Antonini, Abutu, and Shinobi danced for praise and they petitioned for protection and victory for another day's safe passage, blessed from the Almighty. Each son was a perfect reflection of the other. King Shabubu, the chief of the Baogi people, was a wise and respected king, whose wit and deeds spread far beyond the Inna Makosi land, but far down the cool loping hills and through the, dis- the dense jungle and ran swiftly across the burning savanna. To King Shububu's good credit, he sought no favor in one particular son, but as sure as the next moon, he would have to choose from amongst his sons for a worthy king. And since there could only be one king, the task would be difficult Just the thought of it brought a nagging ache to the king's heart. Within the Baogi village lived beautiful young maidens eager to be adorned with the title of first wife. But there was only one among them so desired that each of King Shabubu's son desired her to wife. After months of fruitless trials designed to ordain a successor, King Shabubu still failed to choose an heir from amongst his sons to one day rule Indekmakosi.
The Sapphire Box, Part 2. Each morning, his sons gathered strong shields and spears to lead hunting parties into the thicket for, for food. The warriors' wives labored in the fields, dried fabric, primed wheat, cow peas, and jute plants. The maidens prepared the maize for grinding and most importantly cared for the children. One morning, King Shububu sought the advice of Prince Badomi, father of the radiant and clever Aleano, the true heart song and burning flame of each of the king's three sons. Aleano was Prince Badomi's youngest daughter. Badomi's tribe, the famous and furious Zumzaka, was captured and defeated 40 scores and seven years prior to the fearless and invincible by Augie warriors. The Zumzaka's gold, women, girls, lands, cattle, sheep, goats, all possessions, now spoils of war. In time, the Zumzaka people were given their freedom and married into the Bayagi clan, relinquishing, relinquishing all Zumzaka kinship. One day, King Shububu woefully summoned Prince Badomi and shared his frustration. The insightful man listened with his ears, but saw through the eyes of his heart. After King Shububu finished speaking, Badomi went straight away into a secret place in his hut. He returned some time later with his huge black hands wrapped around three beautiful sapphire boxes. King Shububu was utterly bedazzled by their flawless beauty, luster, and the strange way they seemed to magically change color in an instant. The king and the sultan's brother, like two weaver birds, whispered among themselves well into the starry night until they finally showed a clever plan between them that would surely profess the next ruler of Indemakosi land. It was told King Shububu took a hold of a peculiar sickness, so powerful. This sickness was not even in the transformational healing powers of the Wafuzi beads. It couldn't touch it. His son, Antonini, was summoned. A feeble King Shububu whispered between labored breaths, telling the son of a rare herb that only grew in the cold amber waters of the dreaded man-eating Jinjin. He would have to travel far south to search in the sweet healing but deadly waters. Ah, without delay, Antonini set off to bring back this herb. 
When he reached the yellow lagoon, feeling the warmth from his father's heart, he cut through the cold reservoir without making so much of a ripple. He plunged deep down towards its bottom. To his astoundment, he reached the bottom very quickly and discovered gaggles of tawny herbs. But there was something else hidden among the herbs. Why, it was a sapphire box. Quickly, without haste, Antonini pulled the herb and grabbed the box. Once on land, he opened the box and found a precious black ruby. Oh, Antonini haste became tempered by the brilliant glitter of the jewel. Mystified by the law of the stone, he forgot himself and his urgent quest. With the herb in hand, Antonini returned to his father's bedside to find him laying very still and barely breathing. The peculiar smell gripped tightly around his father's life. Antonini feared that his father was dead, but, to, but Badomi, who kept a watchful eye over the king, allayed his fears. Badomi spied Antonini's hands for the herbs. You have done well, my son, said Badomi. Antonini was so ashamed and guilt-laden, he couldn't Look at Badomi in the face. The young warrior only turned and hurried away, never mentioning the sapphire box. The next day found King Shabubu suspended in the throes of anguish. Between this world and the next, death drums resounded throughout Indemakosi land. Abutu was then summoned by the sultan's brother. You must journey far across the savannah to a place of many thick thorn trees. There is one among them that is red. You must bring me the root for your father's life. It is great. It is shaped like the foot of an elephant, voiced Badomi. Obutu then adorned himself with a shield made from brass and skins of leather with a keen dagger made from ivory to chisel the root from the thorn tree. When he reached the red thorn tree, oh, it was mighty. The warrior painstakingly forged under the relentless desert heat, carefully followed the trail of many tangled and twisted vines that zigzagged and ricocheted over the dusty parched earth until he came upon a great root in the shape of an elephant's foot. Straight away, the young Baogi warrior began to chisel loose the root. After he cut it free, Abutu noticed something just on the far side of the thorn tree. why it gleamed and dazzled under curls of bobbing heat. It was a sapphire box. First, Obutu stood above the box. Then he kneeled down and slowly opened it. Oh, 
and in the box was a slim crown speckled with many crimson rubies that jumped and danced against the sun. Obutu let the thorn root slip from his hand and adorned himself with the splendid crown. Why proudly he marched around the thorn trees, losing sight of everything before him. And when he when Abutu finally returned, Adomi searched his hands for the root. You have done well, spoke the man. But Abutu could not look Badomi in his deep set eyes. Instead, he too turned and hurried away, never mentioning the sapphire box. When the next day came, oh, there was still no change in King Shabubu's status. King Shabubu was Shinobi was then summoned to his father's bedside. When the next day came, there was still no change in King Shabubu's status. Shinobi was then summoned to his father's bedside, but only told the young man, you must go into the deep cursed forest of Queen Shibna. You must travel until the forest thickens so deep it turns to water. There the earth will be rich with green parley oil. You must fetch the parley oil to mix the herbs and roots to cure your beloved King Shabubu. It will be arduous and will require all of your strength, all of your courage, and all of your cunning not to succumb to the trickery of the black lionist. But Domi warned. He gave Shinobi his special wavuzi beads to protect his spirit from the evil that lay in wait for him. But Domi placed in his hands a long brass vase with a darkly colored cork to seal shut every drop of the precious oil. Shadomi ran. He knew time was short. He knew his father's precious life depended on every decision that he made and he alone would take responsibility. Either he would save or he would kill his beloved father. Once he entered the forest, Shinobi's body felt unusually warm. Shinobi moved further and further into the dense forest until his feet became wet. The Baogi warrior followed a short distance more where the forest turned into oozing pools of emerald green water. He pulled the brass vase from his belt and filled it to the brim with the precious life-saving oil. After he closed shut the vessel and slipped it back into his belt, he noticed something just beneath the surface of the green water next to his feet. It was a magnificent sapphire box. He, Shinobi scooped the box up and began to run 
and he ran as fast as he could out of the emerald dense forest. As he reached the dry lands, something directly in his path caused him to yield. It was a beautiful warrior woman holding a mighty spear blocking his path. Shinobi girded his courage and advanced towards her, exposing a sharp dagger. Queen Shebna, he shouted. I do not fear you. I have no quarrel with you. I only come for the precious parley oil to save my father's life. Surely you can understand. You are my enemy. Your father is my enemy. Your father's father, father was my enemy. You should not, you should be wise to fear me, boy. You dare to trespass in my forest. My forest. You steal my parley oil to save your dying king. And you bring me nothing? No gift to bargain for your life? I am Queen Shetna. I rule here. This is my forest, not the Baiaki. This is not Ndemakosi land. Do you understand? She scoffed. The raging Shebna grew and grew as tall as the trees into a fuming giant before Shinobi's very eyes. Without hesitation, Shinobi fell to his knees, humbled himself, and asked for forgiveness from the giant queen. Underneath his garment, he unveiled to the queen a splendid sapphire box he found only a few minutes earlier. My father, King Shububu of the Baagi tribe from the land of Inde Makosi presents this very fine gift to Queen Shebna. Please accept this gift as a token of our appreciation and the beginning of peace between our lands. Queen, Sh Queen Shebna began to shrink down and down and down to human size again. Shinobi rose to his feet with his head still bowed and presented her with the fine gift. When she touched the box, it instantly turned to solid gold. The queen began to giggle with childish delight, she so enamored with the box that Shinobi had given her, for the moment, of course, the dense forest opened up and pointed the warrior to a swift and shorter path back to his home. The Sultan's brother was so overjoyed when Shinobi returned, he spied his hands and found the vessel breaming, filled to the brim with parley oil. Shinobi, you have returned and with great haste. You have indeed done well. What have you found? I found a box, a beautiful box, 
but I feared to open it. My king needed the parley oil far more greater than I needed to know what exquisite treasure was in the box. But I sacrificed the box for the love of my king. I sacrificed the box for the love of Indamakoziland. I sacrificed this treasure for the one true love of my life. Aleano, you have done well, Badomi spoke again with admiration. And the man hurried away into King Shabubu's hut, leaving the young man, Shinobi, alone to reflect on his journey. The next dawn, a sacred fire burned. The three sons were summoned to the circle. And when they all arrived, much to their surprise, they witnessed their father before them in perfect health, joined by, by Badomi, the Sultan's brother. Both men's eyes twinkled in unbelievable joy. The king praised each one of his sons for their bravery and asked them about their quest. Antonini and Abutu gave little detail about their true quest and spoke nothing about finding a sapphire box. But when King, the King Shabubu, asked Shinobi about his quest, Shabubu immediately spoke of finding a beautiful sapphire box and his encounter with Queen Shedna and how he gave up his treasure without ever knowing what was inside. And the king sprang to his feet and embraced his son. For the first time in his heart, he found a glorious favor. It was so beautiful. I wanted so desperately to present it as a gift to a maiden father that I have found to be my wife. She would be the first to know what spectacular treasure it held. And all eyes looked at Shinobi. What maiden is this? questioned the king. Shinobi smiled down on himself and replied, Aleano, the daughter of Badomi, is a keeper of my heart. There was much rejoicing and shouting and planning between the king, Badomi, and the Baogi tribe to celebrate for his newly appointed successor of the Inde Makoziland. Ah, but jealousy and bitterness crept into the hearts and minds of his most trusted and much-loved brothers, Abutu and Antonini. The once inseparable bond of brothers died horribly as the promise of love begins and ends painfully, leaving in its wake an irony beyond words. The seeds of rebellion soon spread to the forest of Queen Shebna. She vowed to use all her dark powers to finally control the lands of the north, that of her ancient enemies. They call the Baagi 
in in the Makosi land. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. It's been a long, long, long time since I read this story. And I hope you enjoyed it too. Thank you for tuning in to Songwater, my podcast. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye.